event organizers. Get ready to level up. To level up. You're listening to the Event Academy Live podcast, where we elevate motivated event organizers. This podcast is brought to you by Fusion. All the event ticketing features and support you need for one low price. Check them out at GetFusionSolutions.com. Now, it's time for your host, Jake Spurley. Hey there, welcome back to this week's episode of Events Academy Live. I'm not even going to tell you the geographical location of this fair because I guarantee you probably never heard of it. But what I can tell you is it is in Nebraska. And today we've got the Antelope County Ag Society here. Uh, Jared, who's also the president and the governing body of the Antelope County Fair. I'm super stoked because as we all know, county fairs are near and dear to my heart, especially smaller ones in locations where I have no clue where besides Nebraska. Jared, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. You bet. So I certainly know, besides my like 15 minute research on your guys' website and what you guys do, I am not familiar with the Antelope County Fair and kind of what you guys do in the Ag Society. So for probably 99.9% of the listeners here, catch us up to speed about um, the Antelope County Fair and what you guys do out there. As you alluded to before, we're kind of sort of off in the middle of nowhere. Uh, we're in the northeast part of the part of Nebraska, which anybody around here, we're about 30 miles north and a little bit, or west and a little bit north of uh, Norfolk, Nebraska. It's about the biggest town around here we got to. Mostly for, uh, the Antelope County Fair is about the 4-H and FFA kids in Antelope County, um, giving them a chance to show off all their hard work, their static projects, uh, you know, anywhere from welding to table setting for static displays to um, livestock judging and, you know, horsemanship and things like that. You know, we've, uh, we're pretty fortunate around here. We're a, we're pretty in a pretty well uh, agriculture-based um, community. There's a lot of livestock. Um, our livestock barns are always full of animals, cows, sheep, goats, hogs, um, chickens and rabbits, uh, all sorts of good stuff going on there. And then uh, on the other side, usually um, the entertainment part of it, you know, usually we do a bull ride um, which is pretty typical around here. And then our concert this year, um, we've got Colt Ford coming to our concert this year to our county fair. And then uh, that's Friday night. And then Saturday is our big night. We have a pretty good sized demolition derby uh, that goes over. That's real popular uh, in this part of the st- part of the world. So always look forward to Saturday night uh, and the demo derby. And then Sunday we wrap up with a tractor pull and just as the Ag Society in general, you know, it's our job to go through and uh, you know, make decisions on, you know, what we're going to do, when we're going to do it. Um, any, a lot of changes uh, go through us to get approved and things like that. And we meet once a month, um, like any most governing body, I, I guess, and uh, go through anything from, hey, we need to order more toilet paper for the exhibit hall to, you know, we've got some major work we need to do on this and that. So uh, pretty much run the gamut of, if you can think, if you can think of it, we, we pretty well 
kind of handle it, I guess. And so, so the listeners kind of know the size of the fair. How many people do you guys usually usually put through the gates a year? I'd say roughly about ten or fifteen thousand people attend our fair every year. That's that's a pretty rough number, but that's it's pretty close. Yeah, and what's what's funny is. It sounds like your fair is very heavy on the ag side of things. Is that is that about right? Yeah, yeah, we're yeah we're right in the heart of cow country out here. So I mean that's that's to me what it's all about, anyways, for these kids to to uh, for the 4-H kids and the FFA kids. I think what's what's very interesting is, especially as areas get more dense, more heavily populated, especially your bigger city fairs. You know, a lot of the ag side of a fair is kind of getting either pulled out or it's getting reduced you know and they're filling it with other things that are more quote popular to the bigger cities not cows chickens and sheep right and what's cool about that and what i like about your fair i mean i i grew up as a swine kid growing up i raised i raised hogs and i did it inside of 4-h i also raised extra you know just to sell for meat to family friends local community members um i just had the privilege actually last year of going back to my hometown fair and i was able to be the swine judge which by the way if anybody wants to know or thinks that judging is easy i want you to shove that thought right up the backside because it's really hard especially swine judging because that's like the only animal that's just running around, that's not on a rope, that's not like held by your hands. You're trying to keep track of kids and hogs just flying around. So keeping track of hogs is hard enough. Then you have to figure out what kid goes to that hog as they're playing like duck, duck, goose around the pen. So very difficult, but I am glad to hear you guys are, you guys are heavily ag based. The other thing you brought up is a demolition derby. Back at my time at Columbia County, uh, we historically we would call Sundays throwaway days. What, what do you call your Sundays? Are they kind of throwaway days? Not really. We've still got up until about noon, one o'clock. We've got like 4-H fashion show and stuff going on um, over at the exhibit hall, the livestock barn and things like that. Um, anytime after that is typically release time for, for the animals and everything to start going home and that. But uh on that Sunday, we still do we still do have an event. Starts at five o'clock. The the tractor pull. That's kind of the culmination of everything, and uh, it's kind of a good chance to yeah, kind of oh you know relax a little bit. For, you know, it's a it's a fun it's a fun week. Fair's a fun week, but at the end of it, um, I challenge anybody that says they're ready to turn around and do it again next week because it is it is tasking. It turns into. Um, it turns into a second full-time job real quick sometimes. Real quick. What's So it's funny, you, you brought up the demolition derby. And not a lot of fairs are doing demo derbies anymore. And um, when I was on the board, like I said, the Sunday was our throwaway day. We basically called it the cleanup day. We're, we're open just so we can basically get, get paid to start cleaning things up. But the fair is still open, so we get that fifth day. And I thought, you know, we only have like one, one or two demo derbies in a whole like 150-mile radius. Why don't we do a demo derby? I'd never done a demo derby before, and I'm certainly not going to be in the demo derby. But I know some awesome redneck friends that would love to put on a demo derby. So, and it's funny. Here's here's kind of where I'm going. One, we put the demolition derby on, and our Sunday attendance was the biggest it'd ever been in history of Sundays. It's like it actually, it's funny. You give people something that's like going to bring them out of their homes, and they're magically going to show up. Like you give them what they want, and they're going to come. Right. We never gave them what we wanted. And we finally gave them a reason to come on Sunday and they came. But second to that, we 
had no idea how to do it. But if you get enough interested minds like to team up to do something, it's shocking what can get done, especially in the fair world. And I've never seen it done any better in any other events. Like the, the, the 4-H kids, if they want a new poultry set up, they're gonna work together, they're gonna figure it out. You know, if you want something, if you want a new entertainment, like you're gonna work together, you're gonna figure it out. Is that is that kind of how your fair operates too? Like you kind of get that down home vibe of like, we're all one team, we're all gonna get in this together and like we're one big fair family. Oh yeah, for sure. It's funny you bring up the poultry thing. We've got so many chickens and rabbits uh, at our fair. Um, and that's a testament to our uh, superintendents and 4-H people in that department that uh, we've, it's been needed done for a couple years, but uh, with financials and everything, um, but we're actually looking at building a brand new um, chicken and rabbit barn. And there was a committee started here just a little over a year ago. And um, just some, uh, you know, some superintendents and some 4-H families that just wanted to see this done. Um, it started raising money uh, for this building. And we went out and put a plan together, you know, and looked at how much it was going to cost and gave them the number, which was um a fairly substantial number being that everything's so expensive right now because we're building a fairly good size wanting to build a fairly good size uh, facility and we gave them the goal of raising about four hundred thousand dollars and that was about a year and a half ago that they started and they are up to almost three hundred thousand some dollars um just in you know 18 months or so which they should be very very proud of so um we're starting to look into that and yeah, that plays to the whole coming together for a cause thing. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, you can, you can really feel it out here in Nebraska. If there's at the fair or anywhere else, really, I mean, people are just, they're willing to help. And uh big thing is just asking a lot of times you don't, you don't know until you ask. And a lot of people are, are willing to, uh, willing to help you out. I, I want to reiterate what you just said there, Jared. It's amazing what can get done if you just ask, or it's amazing what people will do if you simply just, I think so often, I mean, guilty is charged. You don't want to inconvenience somebody. Like you're afraid to ask, what if they say no? It's like, what, what's the absolute worst that can happen? They say no, or not this time, or maybe not. I mean, okay, great. We, we've all been rejected a time or two, you know? And it's shocking, especially in the event world. You know, maybe, maybe you have a neighboring fair that does something that you really want to try but you're like, oh, I don't, we don't want to copy them. I guarantee if you just ask them, hey, we love what you're doing. A, would you be offended if we did it at our fair? B, how the heck do you do this thing? Guarantee they're going to at least take an hour of their time and just show you the ropes. Um, and I think that's really how a lot of organizers and uh, fair managers get caught up. You know, they, they just don't ask, they don't ask questions. They don't ask for help and they end up taking on too much and it ends up blowing up in their face during fair week, which I've been there. I mean, you said it yourself. Fair week is is a fun week, but it's also crazy, stressful, busy. And when you're done, you're done. But it doesn't have to be that way. If you would simply just just ask for help, you know. Yep, for sure. Um, and a lot of it goes a lot of on the event side. There, you know, like you talked about um, putting together, or trying to put together your demo derby and things like that and out here we're fortunate um we actually have four or five um promoters 
just within the state of Nebraska and, and surrounding Iowa and that, that that's what they do. They went together and they wrote kind of a kind of a unified set of rules um, for the demo derby and things like that. And they go around and they're the ones that officiate the derby in that for us. You know, obviously we sign a contract and give them a little money to do it, but um, our promoter is the best one in, in the, in the state, if not the, not the country, if you ask me, but um, he's out of, he's out of Kearney, the Kearney area, but um, things like that make it a lot easier too. You know, you, you look at, um, you're running it yourself versus, uh, you know, maybe getting some somebody in there that I guess I'll say a little bit more fair and impartial, things like that, you know, um, and it just, it makes it work a lot better that way too. I mean, you're, you're obviously spending a little bit more money on it and things like that, but sometimes spending a little bit more money is worth it to, uh, to get a great show, which we've got. Yeah. And I, I think on this kind of subject I'll, I'll finish out my story that of the demo derby that we produced first year it was the largest demo derby in all of oregon with the best payouts um and it was probably the fastest demo derby it didn't last very long we, we didn't we didn't nail that part but everybody had a great time and it was standing room only the place was packed people were mad that they couldn't even get a seat um it was just free for all to get in so we really didn't know what we were doing everybody loved it sold out we had I can't even tell you how many cars, like we sold out all the car slots um, and it was a great time, but you, you brought up a good point of sometimes it's great to just pay somebody for their experience and expertise and like for a couple of reasons. One, you're probably going to get a better quality show than if you did it yourself. Two, it alleviates a whole load of work from your plate and puts it right onto somebody else. And we all know fairs, there's, there's plenty of other things to do and better, better resources of your time than to do something that you're not an expert at but i want to preface that statement in that sometimes when you're trying new things you just need to do it yourself first you know and and, and to not be afraid to say hey i really want to try and do this you know like like a bull ride for example i've never done a bull ride before i know some people that have i you know i'm pretty confident if you rally the troops we could put on we could put on a bull ride is it going to be like pbr no it's not but first year, you just need to prove the concept, you know? Is this what your audience actually wants? Do they care about it? Are they willing to pay money for it? So at the end of the day, we need to be doing things that our audience wants and cares about, not things that we want to do selfishly for ourselves, which I get caught up in that all the time. Like, I really want to do this. Like, does my audience actually care about that? You know, are they willing to pay $5, $10, $20, $100 to see that? Once you've actually proved that concept, you know, you saw at the show where people come, it's like, all right, great. We've proved the concept. Now we can probably justify paying a professional $20,000 to put on the bull ride or, you know, whatever it is to hire out that expert to make sure you're getting, you're getting top level um, performance, if you will. Going to a little, little different subject here, Jared. How did you guys come up with your guys' entertainment lineup? Like, has it always been that way? There, there was a concert, a bull ride, a demo, derby, and a track. Has it always been that way? Or what's your big hitters? Like, talk to you about the entertainment side of things. Yeah, um, it's pretty much been the same all for probably the last, well, I'd say, 15 years or so at least, um, as far back as I can remember. This is my, uh, this is my sixth year on the board. Uh, third, and this will be my third fair coming up uh, as president. But um, my old man got on the 
got on the uh, fair board when I was in about fifth grade uh, when, and I started following him around then. So I've been around our county fair going on oh, pretty close to 20, 25 years, just working up, you know, through obviously just doing little remedial tasks for people up to now I'm kind of more or less running the show, you know, on that. But uh, yeah, our lineup, it's pretty well, we pretty well set, figured out what works and what time slots or you know what times throughout the week and uh it's it's pretty well pretty well said i guess but um you know we're never we're never afraid to take you know suggestions or hey maybe we should do this then or or uh, move this but um i do know that just saturday night works out so well for our derby and uh, our other big event, the bull ride works out real well, uh, Thursday night. And typically the concert's always been on Friday and yeah, I guess long story short, it's, it's pretty well set, but, um, that doesn't mean that there can't be changes coming down the pipe. And I guess that's one thing I'd add too, is you added, uh, don't be afraid. You, you said, don't be afraid to, uh, start doing things yourself. And then if it takes off, you know hire the right people to really get it over the hump and i guess i would add just to that saying you know if something's not working you know just because a few people are coming up to you saying hey we love this we love this and that well you know that's all great that's all great and everything but you know at the end of the day if it's if you're not coming close to to paying for it or you're not getting the crowd there it's it's not worth uh it's not worth pursuing anymore and sometimes it's hard but sometimes that tough decision needs to be made to go go in a different direction too what, what's that old saying uh slow to hire quick to fire you know like think yep. about what you're doing but don't be afraid to pull the plug quickly not that that's i'm gonna counter counter dick what i just said but back when i owned a food cart one one of my vendor coordinators she's like jake you gotta give the you gotta give this show three years by the third year you're gonna be making great money so some of it's like you got to know when to when to keep going and when to just say all right cut your losses this was a great experiment we tried something let's document it let's never do it again <laughs> or let's try it in 10 years maybe when our when our demographics have caught up to that you know piece of entertainment or that idea that concept have you guys tried anything recently and it just completely didn't work out so um it's been I'm going back a little bit here it's been 10 or 15 years um for the longest time i remember when i was growing up with dad on the fair um we did not have a carnival of any kinds on the fairgrounds whatsoever it was everything going on at the livestock barn and then across the way thursday through sunday had the big entertainment events wednesday Tuesday night, we have a team pinning event over on the 4-H side at the Horse Arena. And then also we have Wednesday night for the kids after they get everything checked in. Uh, we have what they call the Ag Olympics. Um, it's just a little obstacle course they run. And, you know, um, they keep track of your time and they pay so many places and age groups and things like that. It's just something fun to do for the kids. But on the big side, uh, for the longest time, we had no we had no carnival of any kind in they really didn't want to commit to going back to a giant carnival because it, uh, for whatever reason, they didn't want to. That This is before my time, but um, they went with what they call an inflatable carnival, which is bounce houses. Um, one guy brought it, 
one guy brought a zip line, you know, some moon bouncers, just some things like that to have something there. And um, that was working good for us up until, um, I mean, you know, just last couple, three years here, just with COVID and the way everything went, everything got so expensive um, that we actually went back to a full-fledged carnival because I ended up, I could get a, a full carnival for, you know, almost thousand fifteen hundred dollars less uh, than I could um, a guy bring in four or five inflatable rides which sounds nuts but you know um, so we're gonna try that this year and see how it goes and hopefully it goes over well and um, so yeah I guess that's one just one thing that worked but then kind of more or less quit working and so we're going back a little bit just so we have some entertainment and that there to try to do the full carnival so up until this year, you guys, it's been the inflatable carnival. And this year is the first year with the legit carnival back. Correct. Wow. That's big time. That's a big change. You're going to have to, I feel like we need to do a follow-up episode after this and say, all right, Jared, how did the real carnival go? You know? Um, so do, do people pay for like ride, ride bracelets in addition to fair admission or does it come with fair admission? How does that work for you guys? So our, our getting on the grounds is we're a little bit unique around here because our uh, um, our entertainment side of things takes place uh, in our city park in Neely. So we don't charge a gate fee to get on the grounds. Um, we just ticket prices to the events and um, the carnival sells, yeah, wristbands or individual rides is how we do that. Got it. So, so essentially free admission and you just pay for the extra entertainment. Yep, yep, correct. Got it, that makes sense. I guess kind of wrapping up things here as we get kind of to the half hour mark is, is there anything that I guess big things that you've learned in your time as president here, or maybe something that's like one tidbit that you would like to, that you wish you would have known when you started? Yeah. How much time you got, but um, I guess just, <laughs> just picking one out is, um, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm fairly young out here as far as uh, being a fair manager or being a president goes. I'll be 35 in October as I'll be. And usually, you know, that role is reserved more for, you know, an, an older, wiser board member, um, you know. But um, I was fortunate enough. They must have thought I was doing a good enough job that um, our president two years ago decided he was going to step down. He had enough and he did a good job. But. I was vice president at the time and I remember sitting in that meeting and he was off board. So I actually ended up having to run the meeting and uh, everybody's looking at me and it's like, is there any nominations for president? And about eight people raised their hand and I ended up uh, being elected. But um, to anybody out there, and I, you have to have, I realize you have to have a certain amount of both the, uh, experienced people on your board and the kind of the younger more energetic i guess willing to take a chance guys but um if i was to tell um tell any fairs out there anything is don't don't be afraid to bring that young guy on um that just has that i guess must have been like me that had that glint in his eye of just you love you've been around this so long you love doing it and you want to see it succeed you know and we're you know there's probably not a whole lot of people out there clamoring to get on a fair board or become a fair manager or anything like that but um 
Yeah, just don't don't be afraid to don't be afraid to bring that young guy on and bring him up, and uh, they'll turn out, I guess, kind of like me. But that, depending on who you talk to, that might or might not be a good thing. But uh, the other one, the other one I learned too is you know, because um, like I said, it can quickly become a second full time job, and about year two, about my first year, year and a half, I finally got in and. Our uh, our treasurer, she's a she's a sweet old lady. She finally came to me after one meeting one night, and I was just almost wringing wet with stre- sweat, uh, stressed out. And she looks at me and she goes, "You need to start delegating a little bit more." She, you know, she said, "You've got an entire board. You don't need to take, you don't need to take all this on yourself." She said, "Delegate it off and give jobs to other people, so you're not." Uh, you're not you don't have the weight of the whole thing on your shoulders and i finally saw what she was talking about and started to do that and i'm really glad i did because it's taken a lot of stress off my shoulders i think we need to extend this episode by a couple of minutes because it, it this brings up another another great i think story and avenue i'm all about storytelling so when i joined when i got appointed to my fair board so how, how the fair board works at the fair that i worked at in oregon you have to go before you like your county commissioners and your county commissioners actually make the appointments to the board. And I was a whopping 21. So I could just actually no, I was 20 and our fair was like the week before my 21st birthday. So I couldn't even drink in my own fair. It was atrocious. And we all know that you probably need a drink when you're producing your own fair, especially at night. Um, and I was this 20 year old spry guy. And like you said, Jared, who the heck, you know, is all getting to join a fair board. I was, and I would say by the end of that year, I don't know if I pissed off a bunch of other board members who were older than I was, but I was so gung-ho and willing to try new ideas and like the demolition derby, uh, marketing our fair on social media, not in the paper and banners and the radio, like just trying a bunch of different new things. Luckily for my case, it, I, don't, I can't think of anything that didn't like really work out for us. Like it, all my ideas really worked out. I'm not trying to brag. They just luck of the draw. They were, we, we, you know, we shot and we hit, it was a, you know, targeted, targeted shot, but there were things that nobody else was willing to try. You know, they were, I don't want to say set in their ways, but they'd been doing this fair for however many years they knew what worked. They just wanted to stick to that. They didn't want to add any additional uh, roles or responsibilities to try and do new things. They just wanted to keep it as is like it's always been. And I really think having that new fresh set of eyes like you said jared bringing somebody in that might be way younger than you it's probably going to feel uncomfortable you know because you know they're probably going to push you they're going to have drastically different views than you are but can really do wonders for your fair when we put out our post fair survey i can't even tell you how many you know results we got that said this is the best i mean it was the highest attended fair like numbers wise it was our biggest attendance and we had the greatest numbers that we've ever, ever had in the hundred and something years but our consumers were happy. So like things are changing, you know, things are, are, are getting uh, more to what, what we expect out of our fair. They're not the, you know, 1970s, they're, you know, 2020. Actually, I don't want to talk about 2020. They were like 2018 <laughs> now, right? Yeah. Um, so don't don't be afraid to take those take those leaps. Different perspectives are great. It's like, I can have an opinion, Jared can have an opinion, uh, but the greatest thing to have is multiple opinions and bringing everybody's opinions together to put it on the table and say, all right, you think this way, I think this way, fantastic. You know, what am I missing that maybe you're bringing to the table that we can put our ideas together and really make something, make something fruitful for everybody here. Yep. 
Yep. Um, just back to our set. My secretary says to me all the time uh, regarding changes and that just different small things that we do. She always says, if you always do what you always did, you always get what you always got. And I kind of have that burned in my mind, but at the same time, you have to realize that um, you have to try to kind of get something for everybody at the fair. You know, we do, uh, we do a, uh, old-fashioned beef barbecue it's called our the neely chamber of commerce puts that on for us uh, on saturday before the fair and that's just that's just a fair tradition that's something that's been going on for forever and it's never going to go away uh if i have anything to say about it because it just it's a good chance everybody comes out you know um on friday evening they come it's a free will offering they pay their free will offering they get a plate of food and uh, one of the churches does a pie and ice cream social right by there and like i said it's in the park so i mean it's it's shaded and we have a beautiful park in neely there and then everybody makes their way over to the demo derby and goes home goes and drinks a few beers in our beer garden or several and then everybody goes home happy yeah yeah some things shouldn't change some things it's always good to uh to take a leap on jared thanks so much really appreciate you joining us today Yep. Yep. Thank you very much. We're, uh, we're, we were excited to do it. Yeah, absolutely. That is it for this week's episode with Jarrett, the president of the Antelope County Ag Society, which also puts on the Antelope County Fair in the absolute middle of nowhere in Nebraska, which, hey, sometimes might be the best place to have a fair. We'll catch you next time on this week's episode of Events Academy Live. Thank you for listening to the Event Academy Live Podcast. This show is powered by Fusion. Event solutions for the modern event organizer. Don't forget to like, rate, and review. We hope you enjoyed the show. Until next week, keep leveling up, fellow event organizers.